God is good all the time. Indeed, He's good. I love uh, I love the changing I love the changing seasons, and uh, right now we're in fall, of course, we're in fall, and I always look forward to the changing seasons because I realize that the cycle just starts all over again as the seasons change. My favorite seasons just happen to be the spring and the fall because you have the spring is so nice and airy and birds are out chirping and flowers are blooming. And then come the, the summer, kind of gets kind of hot and everything. Some people like heat. I can go for my air conditioning personally, but some we know love heat. But that's good. God bless you, too. <laughs> Amen. But remember, then the fall comes again and you got the crisp air, you know, and fall always makes me think of turtlenecks and corduroy. And, and pumpkin patch picking and stuff like that, you know, and going through, going through the crisp leaves with your feet and kind of kicking them. So, so I, I, I love fall. But there are seasons, and seasons change for, for a reason. You know, um, every season uh, my wife goes through the house and she changed the decor to kind of go with the season, and that's her plan. But the same way she's got that plan that I haven't been able to break for all these years, not that I want to, but she's got that plan. Well, God has a plan, too. God has a plan for every single season. And as you've heard me say, and as, I, as I've learned over the years, and you've heard me say this many times, for every physical reality, there's a spiritual reality, because everything of the spirit realm precedes that which is in the physical. So in the same way that there are seasons in the earth, seasons that we experience, summer, fall, winter, spring, there are also spiritual seasons. And these seasons come and go through our lives as God so plans it. Let's go to Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 3. As there are seasons, summer, fall, winter, spring, there are spiritual seasons in our lives. And they come and go. And as you hear this message, if you stop and you kind of think back to things that have happened in your life and maybe the things that you're praying and hoping for, you'll see where God's perfect plan is is at work. Verse number one, Ecclesiastes three, verse number one, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born, a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. What profit he, what profit has has he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen a travail which God has given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. And I want to just pause right there because the main scriptures there are the first eight. Actually, there's a time for everything. And verse number one says to everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the sun. The Bible says that there is a season for everything in life. 
If only we could embrace the seasons of our lives as willingly as we embrace the seasons of the of the uh, of the, uh, the the seasons of the fall, summer, winter, spring, etc. The physical seasons of the of the year. You've heard the expression, the only thing that is constant in life is change. That's an old expression. And that change is oftentimes difficult because we resist change. Change for us is kind of almost unnatural. We are creatures of habit, especially if it means going outside of our comfort zones, especially if that change means that it's going to go outside your comfort zone. The same way God is in charge of the physical seasons of the earth, God has planned the seasons of your life with infinite wisdom, with infinite wisdom. He has ordained, God has ordained each season, knowing exactly what fruit is to be harvested by you during each time frame of our lives. And you may say, well, Pastor G, Wiz, there's a season that I just came out of that wasn't that fruitful. It didn't feel like it was fruitful to me. But in God's infinite wisdom, it was indeed fruitful. Because many times if we look back when God brings us out of that season that seemed to be so painful, When we look back on it, and if we pray and ask Holy Spirit, he will reveal to us and show you exactly what it is that you've learned, exactly what it was that you overcame, exactly what you came through. So it was indeed that season was indeed profitable, whereas at the time it may not have seemed like it. There's a season for everything. I know that since his desire, God's God's desire for us is to only do us good, he enjoys each season as he plans for us. Let's go to Jeremiah 29. Thank you, Jesus. Jeremiah 29. It may not seem like it when we're going through these difficult seasons that God is there and that God has good intentions for you. Because at the time, one of the things that we experience is the fact that uh, uh, it's very uncomfortable. It's very, very hot in here, so to speak. So it may not seem like it's a good thing. Jeremiah 29, and we'll just start with verse number 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. If you don't have that underlined, please underline it. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, And not of evil and to give you an expected end. Okay, God does not think evilly of you. God does not think badly of you. He's got a plan and he knows what that end is going to be. God's thoughts towards you are thoughts of peace and not of evil, even though at that particular time you may feel like what you're going through is not very peaceful. And it says to give you an expected end. That expected end is God's expected end because God knows what his end or his end result is supposed to be for your life. Then it says in verse 12, then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found by you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place which I caused you to be carried away captive. So he's saying there that 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 uh, um, I know the thoughts that I have toward you. You had to realize that God's plans and God's thoughts t- toward you are, are nothing of evil. They're nothing of ba- nothing bad. So if you're going through a particularly difficult time and it feels really, really uncomfortable, just realize that this is not God's plan. 
Okay, he may be permitting you to go through that, but his end result is what he has planned for you, which is going to be something that is good. And what he's saying is that during that time, he says that then you shall call upon me. You shall go away and pray unto me and I will hearken unto me, unto you. You shall seek me and you shall find me. All right. So when you're going through those times of difficulty, when you're seeming like, gee whiz, this is a disastrous place. This is a disastrous season that's in my life. Realize that, wait a minute now, God is not planning for me to have a, a evil season. He's not planning for me to have a horrible season. So whatever I'm going through right now, what I need to do is to seek God. I need to go to him. And I need to pray. And God is saying, guess what? If you seek me, you shall find me. So when you have that challenging time going on, remember again, this is not God's will for me to be through this painful time and this painful season. God's will is for me to be in a much better place. So in the meantime, you seek out God and you talk to him. Lord, what's going on? What is it that I am supposed to do? You have to know that God's desire for you is only to do good. But why are we so quick to resist the season that we're in? God knows his good thoughts and plans he has for us, but we forget that he cares for us. Okay, when we're in that difficult season, we forget what God has already said about us, that I know the thoughts that I have for you. There's good things coming. But we forget about that when we're wrestling with these bad seasons. So how do we make it when we're going from season to season? What things should we remember? What does God's word tell us about that? That's the that's the key. Let's go to Psalm, the book of Psalms, Psalms one. Book of Psalms one. See, the thing is that when you're going through that season of difficulty, when it's very, very stressful, what you have to remember is that, wait a minute, I'm a child of God. God's love, God loves me, loves me. God knows that I'm in this particular season, but God's ultimate will for me is to do good. God does not will for me to be in evil. God's will for me is to be good. So be in good. So while this particular season feels particularly painful to you, you got to remember, God knows the season that I'm in. And for whatever reason I'm in this season, God season, God's ultimate goal for me is one of good. So what you do during that time is you run to the Lord, you pray for him to pray to him and you seek him. Lord, what's going on? Why am I here? Why am I there? What's happening here? Why this? Why this? Why this? And let God minister to you. And he will take you through that season day by day by day until his perfect will for you, his perfect plan for you is made manifest in your life. You see, you see, don't forget the word of God says, says elsewhere, it says that, that, that he knew you from the foundations of the earth. So before time, before, before your mom and dad came together and you were conceived, God knew you. Your mom and dad came together and they made a physical body for you, but your spirit pre-existed that physical body. God had a plan for you from the foundations of the earth. But in going through, once you're in that physical body, you put on this tent, as the word of God refers to our bodies as a tent. The real you, the real you, which is which was created by God, is your spirit. You know, that God knew from the beginning of time and he has a purpose for you. God knows where he wants you to be. Now, can we delay that purpose by things that we do? Yes, we can. Can we delay that by the decisions that we make? Can we delay that by Holy Spirit in prayer is telling us to do this or don't do that? And we decide to, to not do this or to do that. And it's not what God is wanting us to do. Yeah, we, we can delay it. OK, and that puts us in another season. But the ultimate goal for God does not change. He desires good for you. And you have to remember that regardless of what season that you're in. 
See, so in Psalm number one, it says here, Psalms one, verse number one. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law does he meditate in day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in this season. Underline the word season. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit, his fruit in his season. His leaf shall also not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Whatsoever he does shall prosper. Psalm 1 is a picture of the person that walks with the Lord. They are careful whom they choose to spend their time with. They stay away from those that are full of contempt and disrespectful. It says there in verse 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Who do you take advice from? Okay. Who are you walking with that is trying to give you advice? And maybe the people that we're listening to are the ungodly. Are the ungodly in terms of the fact now, now understand what I'm saying here. Now, when I say ungodly, I don't necessarily mean someone that is a professed heathen, that is a professed unbeliever, or is, an, or is a professed uh, uh, atheist, okay? Okay? An ungodly, that is one, and, and, and boy, hey, folks hearing this by podcast, you're probably going to flip out, but an ungodly could be even someone that is sitting next to you in the, in the church pew. It doesn't mean because they're sitting next to you in the church. Don't look at your husband over there now. <laughs> Praise the living God. Okay, sitting next to you in the church, you don't know where their walk is with the Lord. You don't know where your walk, where their walk is with the Lord. All I'm saying is that of the person that you're taking counsel from, are they spirit-filled, really godly people? Are these people that are seeking the Lord themselves in prayer? Are these people that are showing God in their lives by demonstration of their lives, by how they're living their lives, by the things that are saying that are coming out of their mouths, by the advice that they're trying to give you? You don't seek counsel just from anyone. Because not everyone that you are seeking counsel from, first of all, cares about you. There are many times that we don't even realize that people are harboring, are harboring under, uh, under the surface, so to speak, of, of, of jealousies, envy about you because of the fact that you are prospering or maybe even because of the fact that maybe they're envious of you, maybe because of the fact even though right now you don't appear to be prospering, but your faith can't be shaken. People get envious of you because of the fact when you're not doing well, you still are not forsaking God and you're not following them by saying, why are you still praying to this God who does not even lift you up? Why, why are you so happy? Why are you so cheerful? People do not understand your love for the Lord. So why do you seek counsel from people who are not really wishing you well? Okay. I even go down to the point to tell you the truth about weddings. Over the many years of the many weddings that I've done and knowing things that are going on in the bride and groom's lives to some extent, and I know some of the people that wind up showing up in the, showing up in the wedding or showing up at the wedding, I, I would never say to them because it's not my place to say so, but I say, why would they invite so-and-so? This person is not here to wish them well. Why would you invite people to the wedding who are not there because they really love you and love and wish the couple well? You see, you see. But so, so why do we move and bring into our in, into our intimate circle those that are ungodly? Especially if the word of God here is talking about about blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Okay.
We need to be careful how we are, are affiliating and associating with people that are in that category. Okay, because if you wind up taking that advice, you're going to be in trouble. Okay, verse 2 says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. That's where we should be getting our advice from, but by meditating on the word of God and seeking the face of God, not only at daytime, but at nighttime also. And if you're doing that, it says you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth the fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he does, does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind bloweth away. Underline verse 4, please. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind blows away. Right? So who would you want to be taking advice from? Someone that is well planted in God or someone who is vacillating back and forth with all of this ungodly counsel? They're not going to give you good advice. If you're happy about something, about something that's, that's materialized in your life, one of the things that I am very, very careful about doing is who I tell. Especially if I'm in a really good mood. Okay, because I've, I've learned, you know, the hard way over, when I was a young Christian, I get ebullient and overjoyed with something and I go running in, hey, guess what, man, so and so and so and so and so and so and so. And but what do you want to do that for? That was a dumb thing to do. And all this negative, negative, negative stuff comes out. Okay? And I didn't learn until later on, and, and these are Christians now. Okay? And I learned later, later on and whatnot that you don't necessarily let the right hand know what your left hand is doing. Don't be talking about everything, every single blessing that God has given you unless God is telling you to do so and with the right people. Okay? Because you know the story of, uh, of David when he was volunteering to go out and fight and fight Goliath. What did his own brothers tell him? How are you going to go out and fight against Goliath? You are nothing but a shepherd boy. You're nothing but this. And his own brothers were shooting him down. Okay? You can't do this, all right? So be careful where you go and take your counsel from, because not everyone is there to give you good counsel. You have to be careful where you choose to spend your time with. Stay away from those that are full of contempt and disrespect. Instead, according to the word that he or she spends time in the word and purposes to, to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. And you've got to make a decision to live a life that's pleasing to God. You see, because of the fact that we are in these physical bodies and are still pulled and torn by the distractions of the physical world, that you have to make an effort to live a godly life. You see, you see, because the devil is certainly there to pull you away. Okay, we still have this physical nature that is here. The word of God says that, 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 that the, uh, the things of the body, the things of the mind, the carnal wars against the things of the spirit. You see, so we have to be careful about how we are living this life and with whom we are associating. Instead, you spend time in the Word and you make a purpose to live a life that is pleasing to God. The psalmist here also is saying that the just and righteous man is as a fruitful tree. It is properly watered, daily in the Word, properly watered, and therefore produces good fruit, good fruit, at the proper season. There's the season thing again. There's a time in life for everything that we do. The Lord blesses him with a prosperous life. Your time on earth matters to God, not just in heaven. You know, so many people are looking forward to getting to heaven. Oh, I'm going to have this and I'm going to do this. Well, guess, guess what? God, God has a purpose for you here and God wants you to enjoy this life while you are here. How can you glorify God in your life if you are not enjoying life? How can you glorify God if you're not prospering or if you're walking around with a long face all the time because you're feeling that nothing is going right? But you have to remember that everything is in God's season. And during that off season, we spend time with God to find out and ask his guidance of where he wants us to go. Turn to the book of Isaiah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God is so good. And you know, it, 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 it doesn't, it doesn't change. I don't care how long you've been in the Lord, okay? I don't care how long. To the things that happens in everyone's life. To the person that's been born again for two years, to the person that's been born again for 50 or 60 years, it happens. There were, there were, were four things that were going on that I was praying for and seemed in the natural, seemed to be unreachable, seemed to, 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 to not be, be attainable. And I was wondering, I said, okay, Lord, you know what my prayer is, you know what my design is, you know what my desire is, et cetera, et cetera. Okay? And one day, the first thing materialized, the prayer was answered. And I heard, didn't I tell you so? A few days went by, and the second prayer was answered. And God was silent. But I remembered, didn't he tell me so? The third one came about. And that was there. It was answered. And all I heard from God was, didn't I tell you about the first one? And what happened? Didn't I tell you about the second one? What happened? So then when the fourth one was around, coming up, I felt more and more encouraged. And yes, I'm a pastor. I've been born again for many, many years. But this fourth one, which was challenging, came about. And the Holy Spirit reminded me of the other three. And then the scripture that popped into mind, what David said, how God delivered me from the bear and from the, from the lion, so shall I overcome Goliath. And the Lord had me reflect back on the other three things. And the fourth one, the prayer was answered. So what I'm saying to you is that during the time that you're going through that season that seems to be off, seems to be an off season, to keep your eyes focused on God and keep moving forward, knowing that the same way God brought you through the other seasons, God is going to bring you through this, uh, this, this season coming up. He will get you out of the season that right now may seem like the coldest time of the winter or the hottest part of the summer, bringing much pain and heat to you. All right. God will always bring you through. But you have to realize that this is a season and realize that God, that God Abraham, has a plan for your life. He has that plan, and it was there from the beginning of the earth. God's plan is not for you to go to hell. God's plan is not for you to wind up just totally failing. Jesus said you will have tribulations. He didn't say if, okay? He said when you have tribulations, meaning that you will have them. So that means that Jesus said even though you love him and even though you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, Jesus is saying you will have tribulations. But the difference between us and the non-believer or the unbeliever, is that when we get a tribulation, we know what to do with it. Whereas the unbeliever or the non-believer knows not what to do with the tribulation, and they wind up folding like a cheap suit. They don't believe in God, so they can't bring it to God. They don't know how to, 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 trust, to trust a being that created the universe, that created them, a being that clearly understands what they're going through. They don't believe that. And so, therefore, they live their lives miserably, not thinking that God has indeed a better plan for them or that God is in charge. And that right now, where things might be feeling like it, 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 it's like 190 degrees in the shade, the hottest part of the summer, you know, or some terrible sub-zero temperature, you know, in the coldest part of the earth, that this is a season. 
and all things are in its time. Remember Ecclesiastes. Remember the book of Ecclesiastes that we just read. So we go to Isaiah 55. Did I tell you to go to Isaiah 55? And starting with Isaiah 55. And that what God has planned for you cannot be undone. God's desire for us while we are here on this earth is to live a victorious, joyous life, even with trials and tribulations, because we know that God's going to bring us through. So many Christians look forward to being in heaven. Yes, we all look forward to being in heaven. But God's design is for you to enjoy life while you are here, because there's a purpose. There's a purpose. You come to Jesus Christ and you accept him as Lord and Savior deep within your heart. Then your purpose here then is to is to to uh, to kind of to kind of replicate God here on this earth to spread the word, to spread the word, to touch someone else as Holy Spirit sends them that way, sends them your way. That happens by some of us are called to preach. Some of us are called called to uh, evangelize on the street corners. Some of us are called to this. Some of us are called just simply to be Christ lovers. And as we touch others going through this earth, that we show the glory of God in our lives, which will bring them in turn to God. That's our purpose. If God wanted us to joy enjoy just a heavenly life, well, he could have just created us and just put us in heaven. Amen. But he put us here on this earth for a reason, for a reason. Okay. But when the things go wrong, we have to remember that there are seasons and that God has a purpose and a plan for your life, which cannot be undone. Okay. Isaiah 55. And uh, we'll start with verse five. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel. For he has glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call you upon him while he is near. Call you upon him while he is near. In other words, seek him on the spot. Seek him when he's right, when, when you've got an issue going on. He's right there by you. Call upon him while he is near. Verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. Underline, please. Let him return unto, his, unto the Lord. Let the unrighteous man, uh, for, uh, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous his, man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will, aban- he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Underline all of eight, if you don't already have it underlined. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Underline all of nine. Okay? All of verse number nine. Your thoughts are not God's thoughts. They can't be God's thoughts. You don't know what he's thinking. How God processes things in your life, how God manages things in your life, are so far from anything that you could think of that it's that's like, you know, the east from the west. No way can you think as God does, so therefore you don't know. So when you're in that dry season of your life and things seem to be falling apart and you're thinking one way, you're thinking, oh, gosh, it's all going downhill. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to get this. I'm not going to succeed here. This won't happen. This won't happen. That's your thoughts. That's your thoughts. Okay? it's not God. It's not God's thought. 
Okay, God's thoughts for you are nothing but good to bring you to an expected end, as the scripture said, to bring you to where he wants you to be. You see, you see, but we wind up thinking that God is thinking the same way that we are. I mean, if you get down on your knees or you're somewhere praying and you're thinking about how you're going to be failing at this, even though you're praying to God and you walk away saying, I'm a fail. That means that you're saying that that is what God is thinking, that God is thinking about letting you fail. When you start rationalizing how this thing you're praying for could come to action, could come to fruition, could could materialize. When you're thinking about how that may materialize, that's not God's thoughts. That's your thoughts. God may have an entirely different way from bringing you to where he wants you to be, which you can't even begin to think about. Our gray matter, this brain in our heads can't even begin to think the way that God thinks. Okay. All right. And his thoughts are not our thoughts. Uh, uh, Number nine, for as the heavens uh, are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not thither, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth because you and uh, uh, break forth before you unto singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Amen? Amen? So, so let, let's focus on again the, where he's talking about the rain in verse number 10. For the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not there. It doesn't go back up to heaven, but it waters the earth. And it makes the water, makes it bring forth and bud that, that may give seed to the sower. That it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So water comes down from the earth. It doesn't go right back up. It comes down, and, and, and well, you get it, well, it, well, Pastor, it does evaporate. It's not talking about evaporation. It says that the first thing the water does is it brings water to the, to the seed. It brings water. It brings water to the seed. And it says, and it does not go up, go back up. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall, it shall not return to me void. What God has said about your life, what God has prepared for your life, what God has wants you to do with your life, it's not going to come back to him void. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. What God has decided for your life and where you're going to prosper and where you're going to succeed, it's going to happen. It will not return. God cannot lie. And whatever God says is going to be, it's going to be. So you have to realize that if things are not going that way right now where I don't see it, then maybe it's not the season because all things are in season. But the, the thing is that you have to remember that. But, but all things are done in God's season. And God's season is not going to do anything but bring you to prosperity to have you to benefit. I really love how, how the prophet here, Isaiah, compares the rain with the word. In the natural, as I said, water comes down for heaven, does what God intended, and then it nurses the seeds and so forth. And, and it does not go back up to heaven without doing what God intended that water to do, to nourish the seeds. Spiritually, God's words should be the same. As God's words come down to you, they should be taken to heart and they should nourish your spirit so that you may grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That is what God pleases you to do. So as the word comes down to you, you should take it into your heart, into your spirit and nourish that word that it can bring about what God intended it to do. OK, God, you ever stop and think that when you're praying and Holy Spirit gives you a word or says something to you, 
That isn't something that we should take lightly. If you're not sure what Holy Spirit meant by what you heard him say deep in here, deep in your, in your spirit, you're not sure. Then you talk to God about it and ask him to explain, to expand. I don't understand, Lord. OK, because that word that he gave to you is just like the water coming down. It's intended to, 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 to water the seed. It's intended to nourish, nourish your spirit. It's intended for that, okay? And when you get that word from God and you feel that this is where God wants you to go, that this is the time then for you to realize that this is the season where God is trying to bring me into. And because of the fact that God loves me and his word told me, told me that he has a good and intended purpose for me that is good, then you take that and you take it to the bank and you say, I know that this is going to work out for good. That it's going to bring me to where God wants me to be. Because all things are in God's season. All things are in his season. We go to Acts, uh, Acts 1. Well, well, Lord, you got me in this season. You know, wh- when is the other season? <laughs> when, when is the other season going to come around? I'm here right now, but Lord, when are you going to bring me to this other season? Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, uh, verse number 1. The former treatise I have, have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Verse 3. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. All right, so he was shown after he after he uh, died on the cross. He was seen by by many for forty days uh, after he after he was uh, resurrected, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, You have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence, or not many days from now. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? They're asking him, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So they're waiting for this restoration time. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons. It is not for you to know the times or the seasons, underlined seasons. Not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. Okay, so what they were saying, they were, well, Jesus, when are these things going to come to pass that you're promising? Okay, when are these things going to happen? And what did he say? He said, it is not, verse 7, said it unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. Not for you to know the times, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witness unto me in Jerusalem, etc. And we know that in the second chapter of Acts, that is just what happened. OK, so it's not for you to, to know the times or the seasons. 
you will, you will not always know exactly when it is that God is going to roll out something in your life. You may not know exactly when um, all of a sudden this dry season, quote unquote, that you're in is going to be is going to be taken away. And all 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 the uh, you know, all this good stuff is going to happen. You might not know, but it's not for you to know God's season. All we need to do is to do what the other scriptures were that we read was to keep on calling on God, to keep on having that faith, to keep calling on him and praying to him and let Holy Spirit minister to you to get you through this particular season that you're in. Chapter one of the Act of the Apostles is a wonderful reminder that we just don't need to know everything. And indeed, that sometimes we misinterpret things that God is letting happen in our lives. What I mean here here is that this account happened after the resurrection of Jesus at one of the times that he appeared to the apostles. They were so thrilled to see him and were anxious to see uh, what was to happen next. The apostles did not know that this was not the time yet. They didn't know that it was not the time for it to happen yet, that Jesus was returning to restore the kingdom and it was not the season or the time yet. They did not know that there was still to be an entire church age, the age in which we now live. We live in the church age. But they wanted to know, and that is when Jesus gently reminded them, them that not only was it necessary for them to know, not necessary, but, uh, uh, but that they still had some work to do before the next age. There was still work for them to do, you see. So while you're waiting for the next season to come in your life and you're not sure exactly what it is going to be, then all you need to know is what is the work, Lord, that you would have me to do. Okay. Now, that work could be any number of things. I mean, it could be God sending you on a mission, not necessarily a physical mission. You're going to another country, but it could be it it could be an act, someone that God wants you to talk to, something God wants you to do in your particular life, some change, something, something that God wants to bring about. But in the meantime, you keep going on and you're praying and you're asking the Lord, what is it, Lord, that you would have me to do? There might be more work for you to do. Times and seasons are in God's hands. We just need to trust that he knows what is best. You see, you know, and many times we get in such a big rush that we we think that we're going to be able to talk God um, um, out of his will and to bring us out of this this season into some other more desirable season. God knows what season he wants you in, when and where. Some final thoughts here are are that uh, time and seasons are in God's hands. Just need to trust him and know that he, he knows best. God made a perfect plan when he gave us time and seasons. He declared that the time and seasons should remain so long as the earth remained. So as long as we are here, there will be seasons, uh, uh, different times and seasons in our lives. Your time on earth matters and his timing is perfect. Be sure to watch for the parts of his plan for you. You're, you matter to God and what you're doing here. Time and seasons are in God's hands. Time is running out. And since you are still here on earth, that means that you have work to do. So don't worry about the seasons. Just trust God. If God is not taking you home and you're still here, then that means that God is indeed something for you to do. Amen. And so the question then is, Lord, what is it that you would have me to do? What is it that you want me to do and how will I go about bringing about your will? Oh, Lord. So times and seasons are something that are here. Whatever season that you're in, if it happens to be uncomfortable at the particular moment, at this particular moment, you need to seek God. Stay in prayer. Seek his Holy Spirit. Seek guidance from him. And only then will you be able to make it through whatever season this may be. You know, and as you get out of this particular season that right now might seem a bit uncomfortable to you, when you get to that season that is much more enjoyable, reflect back on what it was that you went through during that uncomfortable season. Because I guarantee you there was a lesson that was learned. There was a lesson that was being taught at that particular time. 
and the Holy Spirit may show you, you know, for instance, you see how you kind of lacked faith at that time. You see how you almost gave in to this. You see how you almost lost, you started doubting because of this. But yes, no lie brought you through. Remember how you felt when you thought that you were up against, uh, uh, your back was against the wall. You stop and think back and remember how it was, how I felt when that particular thing was going on. Amen? Amen? So remember that everything, Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything. The time for everything. And just continue having faith in God, knowing that he is there to uh, bring you to where he wants you to be. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I pray that this message, message was a blessing to you. And now before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.